Hi everyone, I'm Jesse Burst from the Smart Cities Council, and we're here to talk about what I consider the single most important ingredient for a truly smart city, and that's data. You know, it takes data, or it's data that can make a city truly smart. Now, we're going to be joined in just a moment by Dr. Andre Correa Dalmeida. He's a researcher and an expert in smart city data. We're going to hear about his latest research, what his findings revealed, and how to put those findings to work on behalf of your city. I'm also going to tell you where you can see Dr. Dalmeida in person, learn from him, attend other sessions and tutorials on smart city data, even take tours of smart city installations, and I'm referring there to Smart Cities Week San Diego. It's April 15 through 17, and if you want to uh, learn more, go to smartcitiesweek.com and click on San Diego. Our guest today will be a keynote speaker at Smart Cities Week, and he is Dr. Andre Correa Dalmeida. He's an adjunct professor of international and public affairs at Columbia University. He has many other affiliations and accomplishments, including editing the book Smarter New York City. He's a former senior advisor to the United Nations Development Program, and he's been leading some applied research initiatives to explore how innovations within city government are improving urban systems and urban lives. And he promotes a concept he calls circular data, how to improve urban life through data sharing. So we're going to hear more about that. Andre, welcome, and, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Jess, for having me, and thank you, everyone else. So uh, let's start um, with just with data, and then let's uh, talk. Then from there, let's talk about circular data. So for those who might be new to smart cities, this data we're talking about, what is it? What kind of data? Where is it produced? How is it produced? Where is it stored? Yeah, so so um, uh, we, we walk, we, we talk of the overabundance of data um, and it's still um, often still not visible or tactically wielded at local level in a way that benefits people. Mm -hmm. um, and and, uh, and uh, there's been uh, many um, models and, and ideas around the issue of data monetization um, mm -hmm. precisely to in ways in, as a sort of a, as an attempt to build um, data marketplaces out of out of that abundance of course the supply of data is there and the demand of data is there but these uh, narratives around monetization have not been working very well I mean governments have been um, slammed for for monetizing um, uh, data that does not belong to them but uh -huh. governments, local governments have also been slammed by not monetizing the data they have because it could be additional income stream for municipalities. So uh, the monetization conversation, it's not, it hasn't been working very well. So the idea is that uh, uh, keep building upon the, 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 the supply of data available and the demand of data available. How can we create sharing platforms? where mm -hmm. data can be reused by multiple stakeholders outside of the monetization framework. I mean, think about of a, of a, a data marketplace without currency or where currency is um, uh, this idea of reciprocity that we, we, we a collective of, of, of stakeholders um, together working on similar problems and finding a, 
a third party or it can be an organization or a technological platform where data is shared. So basically, um, circular city data uh, is an attempt to bring to city level principles of circular economy. Uh, which you know, is I'm a, really struck, Andre, by your, you know, your phrase, overabundance of data. The Smart Cities Council has been working directly with cities to help them plan and accelerate their smart city progress for about seven years now. And it's been our observation that cities already have tons of data about crime and traffic and economic activities and business licenses and air quality. You know, most cities have hundreds of data sets and many have thousands, but they're so often siloed you know, in different departments and different databases and different uh, formats. And now there's even more data pouring in thanks to the Internet of Things and sensors and communications networks. So it's really intriguing to hear you talk about a data sharing platform. Can you say more about how that might look? Yeah, so so this is actually a, um, a practical application coming out of my book. So even before the book was out, uh, uh, the New York City Economic Development Corporation, NYEDC as it is known, and New Lab, New Lab is New York, one of the largest um, incubators of urban tech in New York City. Um, they approached me and um, they wanted to test some of the ideas that the book um, um, offers. Uh, by connecting startups with city agencies. So at the practical level, what we did for 12 months now is that I retain uh, teams from Cornell Tech, Columbia University, and NYU, and we look at the data structure of three specific startups, mm -hmm. uh, urban startups, and see how could that data fits in the needs of certain uh, city agencies. So we focus on three main problems, uh, mobility, resilience, and economic growth, and we basically created a dialogue space between these three startups and a, a, a city agencies connected with these three problems, and we really uh, uh, encouraged them and created a methodology for these two uh, groups of stakeholders find ways to um, uh, share data, supply and demand data, uh, kind of a, to test the hypothesis uh -huh. That circular that to, to test the hypothesis that circular data adds value for the startups. Obviously, it adds value, and obviously because it was tested, adds value because it allows them to expand their business model. Right? Startups have very scarce resources; they need data sets as they need oil or gold to or right. or oxygen to to live. And, mm -hmm. and city agencies, precisely because of what you mentioned, so siloed, you would say, you would guess, or you would, you would assume that they could easily have access to information across units, but they don't. So the question is, would they benefit from data coming from startups? So this was the first year of our prototype. Um, we are not building the platform yet. We tested it, the concept, and we basically uh, uh, tried to answer the question of whether there's demanded supply for these types of principles, and the results are phenomenal. So can you tell me a little more about the term circular? Why, why circular? Yeah, what are you so, applying with that? Yeah, so, so I think it helps if we use the, the, the metaphor of circular economy to, as, to start with. So the circular economy is a concept that it's been, it's been circulating for some time. Uh, basically uh, argues that um, the production uh, processes of, of products and services, mostly 
products can be designed in ways that what it's a way what's waste for one organization could be an input or a raw material for other organizations so the idea of minimizing waste thrown to nature right um, but this principle is uh, is mostly based on physical products right the, the, the classical uh, idea of re recycling well we thought of developing a similar concept for data. Well, as you know, as we know, we all, uh, data is much less material than, than uh, um, uh, physical waste. Um, so uh, we, one could argue that data can be reused simultaneously by different stakeholders. Data can be shared, um, not only data, but business insights. For example, uh, um, something that we learned from the startups the principles of circular data is not only about the, the actual sharing and, and reusing of data sets, but also access to business insights, just by the simple fact that they are closer to city agencies. And as well, city agencies learning from startups what's the coolest and what's the most trendy and promising uh, tech, um, tech developments. Mm -hmm. So, so Andre, um, Tell me a little bit about some of the, the obstacles that might um, stand in the way to that. And let's start with privacy. Um, yeah. This feeling by many people that, you know, how dare they make money on my information and I don't want people knowing and, and all of that. What has your research shown? Are you uh, finding any ways around that conundrum? Well, yeah, we, we all, to be very humble and honest, we all still learning what's the best way. Right, we know we know some models that are not working. For example, we've we've learned that the sidewalk model in in Toronto, you know, did not work for some time. Uh, we know that uh, monetization models have been very difficult to implement, um, not in practical terms, but difficult in terms of the precisely the issues that you raised. I mean, the models in itself are not difficult. You have the data sets, find the market and sell them. The problem is the the the, the repercussions, political and and economic and social repercussions of, of, of those types of ideas. So uh, it, the first thing that we did is that we removed the idea of buy and sell from the equation. And uh -huh. we're, trying to bring, we're trying to build principles of uh, reciprocity and trust building around the idea of sharing data. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we have this, this uh, uh, pilot that I described had um, includes the participation of the civil society and foundations. Um, so we hope we are getting that input from the community. One thing everyone agrees, there are smarter ways of using data. And so even the most skepticals are not saying that data should not be used. So what we are doing is, is to try to really to map those concerns and address them. Uh, um, a model that we are trying is to have a third party hosting the data. So it's not, it's not, it's the, the data is not uh, uh, physically shared with, um, with, uh, with any specific private organization. Data is, uh, is um, deposited in a, in a, in a, in a data trust um, that has um, uh, certain um, algorithm capability and certain uh, AI capability that allow the different stakeholders to access data. So uh, uh, your question is incredibly relevant and timely. Um, ethics is playing a, a huge role in, mm. in, in this, in this uh, program. So we, we, we are trying different, 
different scenarios and to see how, how I think you're, 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 it's so important to note that it's, it's something that you mentioned in passing earlier that um, you might get in trouble for monetizing, but you might get in trouble for not monetizing, for allowing you know, the private sector to get its hands or to create its own data, just not taking advantage of that opportunity, the opportunity to, to improve your city, but maybe the opportunity to create new new revenue streams and do, do more with, with less. I assume that this uh, data trust would also help with some of the interoperability uh, issues, just make it a little bit easier to find data in the right format with common API calls so it's simpler to get the data you need. Is that no, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and look at the example of the New York City is a phenomenal, uh, uh, put a phenomenal amount of energy in there in its uh, open data initiative. But again, there are multiple open data initiatives that are not communicating with each other. I mean, can you imagine a, a, a more paradoxical situation where uh, you have a series of open data initiatives that are not open to each other? <laughs> <laughs> And it's, well, it, certainly New York City is a, is, has, a, has a very peculiar um, administration structure. It's very decentralized. Any given agency has the size of a, of a, of a, a ministry um, in any given in any in an average size country. So it, fine, but still, it just points to the fact that um, uh, even even open data is not as open as it should be. And, and that's why, I, mean, I don't want to jump between questions. We can come back to your original question. That's why the book, the book and, I, and I decided to call the book Smarter. Instead, mm -hmm. of, instead of Smart New York City, the book is called Smarter New York City. Precisely right. uh, to point to this learning experience, right? So the, so the argument is that um, cities to a very large extent are smart. Otherwise, I think we would still be living in, in other places, maybe. Uh, yeah. So the question here is, how can we make them make them smarter? And, 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 and what the book does, the book uh, offers a series of case studies that documents this trial and error dynamics within uh -huh. local government to, to um, advance uh, urban systems. Andre, can you suggest who might be interested in the book, who it might be helpful to, and maybe uh, mention one of the uh, examples that you cover in the book? Yeah, so uh, an example is that the opening chapter talks about the New York City efforts to develop at local level uh, what the United Nations developed for a global or international level, the SDGs, right? So the SDGs were adopted by the United Nations in 2015, the Sustainable Development Goals, and New York was one of the first cities in the world to decide that we must have a Sustainable Development Goal framework for city level. Uh, so this is a very practical example of the, the sort of roadmaps, innovation roadmaps that the book offers. Any city around the world, um, uh, even in the US, of course, uh, wanting to develop a sustainable development goals framework for city level with the specific metrics that make sense to the city, to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the, any given city, with the specific methodologies to measure the variables that matter. Um, this is an example of a, a, a case study that can be applied to, to other cities. Uh, another example, since you asked, since you asked, is the NYPD, um, New York City Police Department effort to identify the sound of a shotgun in real time. Mm -hmm. And this tells a, a wonderful story of a partnership between NYPD 
and the creators of the ShotSpotter uh, uh, product or service, which are based in California. So mm -hmm. even though the book talks about innovation from within city agencies, it, it, the, the largest story is about uh, public and private partnerships. Uh, um, uh, what we believe is that the, 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 the literature is not populated enough with, with examples and use cases and, 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 and of, of how much city agencies do. And I, I run some numbers. There are uh, five times more literature in innovation in the private sector that are in innovation in the, in the public administration. Yeah. And then when you look at the keywords in, those literature, in that literature, when in the private sector, it's about skills and entrepreneurship and, and innovation change and change management, all this cool stuff. If you look at the public administration literature, you, the key words are corruption, lack of capacities, slowness, bureaucracy, etc., etc. So um, uh, the book is a contribution, and, and actually my overall research is a contribution to uh, uh, to um, create new narratives around the, the 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 potential and the role that city agencies are are and city administrations are playing around the world. And New York is just a case. So the the book does not show portray New York as the ultimate recipe for everything. No, that's not that's not what the what what, what the. But it's a very exciting vision, though, to, for for governments to begin seeing themselves as just innovators and uh, to have that role uh, in, in society going forward. This data mart or marketplace or platform that you're envisioning. Do you see that uh, that offer? And you told the story earlier that you know even New York has um, <laughs> several silos of open data, uh, you know, almost in contradiction of, uh, of the name open data. At what level do you think this would operate best? Is this at a city level, a neighborhood level, a regional level, a state level, a national level? I, I think it will operate at the at the urban challenge level. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not obvious for us yet whether circular data, where the, these data, uh, data uh, trust would be open, mm -hmm. <laughs> as, mm -hmm. as open data uh, aims to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason is precisely uh, those of privacy and ethics and et cetera. Um, so... Uh, um, uh, the 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 inclination is to bring on board uh, the 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 stakeholders that make sense to address some types of challenges. For example, in the case that we the, the three cases that we developed over the last twelve months around mobility, resilience, and and economic growth, we had we had startups, so individual entities. We had uh, um, uh, a large incubator, new lab that houses one hundred thirty companies. We had, of course, the city agencies. We have uh, uh, three universities uh, um, supporting the endeavor, and uh, we have um, community uh, community um, organizations as well. The, the The pilot was centered around Brooklyn Downtown, so we had the Brooklyn Downtown Coalition on board, and also uh, in, uh, EDC. So I think the answer to your question will not be so much in terms of um, uh, uh, jurisdictional boundaries but in terms of uh, who makes sense to bring on board to uh, address uh, whatever challenge needs to, be, needs to be addressed. 
So, Andre, let, let me finish up with this. Um, so you've done all this research. You've edited this book, Smarter New York City. Um, at, at this point, what do you want to see cities do next about their data? What's your hope? Well, my hope is that we'll be able to address, um, I mean, uh, uh, inequality better and uh, uh, explore uh, economic opportunities better. For for example, we, we know that... Um, uh, the, the the number of uh, the 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 number of um, the population living in urban settings is expanding. We know that the urban systems are going through under incredible stress. We know that even 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 if on average uh, cities uh, have a larger uh, income per capita, when you break down into their social different groups, we see a huge inequality. So so my hope is that we find better ways, smarter ways to use the uh, large uh, uh, amounts of data available to the benefit of all. Mm -hmm. And that cannot be led only by uh, the industry, and that cannot only be led by the uh, classical market forces, because we know what's happening with Facebook, we know yeah. what's happening with these very large companies um, uh, and what they've been doing with our data. We are not only uh, uh, waking up for that reality. So I hope that uh, with these and other similar initiatives, we can um, use data in a fairer and a smarter way uh, 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 to see this. Because, because the paradox, look at the paradox. So the, the paradox is that we have the 17th, and to go back to the Sustainable Development Goals Framework, the 17th SDG is about, talks about global partnerships. So it's mm -hmm. the 17th. You know, there's one, two, three, four, the 17th. Uh, United Nations decided that the last one would be about global partnerships. And I'm fascinated that that's kind of the, the cap, the, the right. cap gold, right? Uh, right. But then, but then uh, with 70% of the population living in cities very soon, we don't take local government and city administrations as serious as we should take, um, uh, given for these partnerships. Uh, uh, so I hope that the private sector will also... Um, understand better all, all the peculiarities of working with local governments. I think the initiatives such as the one the Smart City Council has been developing, and actually I attended, the first one I attended was in Silicon Valley, Santa Clara in 2017. That's uh -huh. when I uh, uh, became closer to the amazing work you guys do. So uh, that's my hope, that, that um, uh, we will all as a collective find smarter and fairer ways of um, using this incredible uh, uh, resource that, that is data. Well, thank you. I, I certainly share uh, your, your goals, and that's a really hopeful vision, and I'm grateful for the work you're doing and the research you're doing to help us find how do we step into that, uh, uh, that goal. For those who can be with us in Smart Cities Week San Diego, April 15 through 17, you can hear from Andre in his keynote. You can also attend other relevant sessions on Tuesday the 16th, Data-Driven Decision-Making for the Real-Time City, and also another uh, session, Smart Cities San Diego, a regional approach. So that involves regional uh, sharing of data. On Wednesday, there's an intriguing session on a city, city energy operations platform, how to digitize, democratize, and decarbonize your city. 
And then for those of you who like to see things with their own eyes, you might be interested in a couple of our pre-conference tours. On Monday, you can take the Smart, or Friday, the San Diego Smart City Walking Tour. And you can also take a trip to uh, the San Diego suburb of Chula Vista to learn about um, drones as first responders. Drones as first responders, that's a fascinating concept. To read about these things or many other valuable sessions, tours, workshops, smartcitiesweek.com, smartcitiesplural.week.com, click on uh, San Diego. So to Dr. Dalmeida, uh, thank you for joining us and, and sharing your insights. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you so much. And see you in San Diego in a couple of weeks. That's right. To all of you, thanks for listening and hope to see you soon in San Diego.